I V M. The edtech sector is one of the hottest spaces in the startup landscape. It's not just reframing education itself, but also building a framework for how to blend what modern technology allows with what traditional learning facilitated. There is no bigger example of this than in cohort-based learning courses. And to discuss just this, I have one of the trailblazers in the space, Vibhav Sisinthi, who's also the founder and CEO of Growth School, one of the hottest new startups in the space, on Addressing His Dead this week. And also to tap into his journey and take a macro view on where learning is headed. I'm Varun Dugirala, and this is Advertising is Dead, right back with Viber. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're talking to Viber. Finally, you and I have spoken about doing this episode for a while, and I'm happy we're doing this finally. Absolutely, man. Super, super excited. From being an avid listener, <laughs> I don't think I've listened to any other podcast more than of yours. Maybe Marketing School, hmm. uh, but... Uh, there'll be a very tough competition, but marketing school might beat it because, you know, I used to listen. That's the first podcast that I ever listened to, but mm. I grew over it. So I don't listen to it anymore. But if I ever get a chance, it was always advertising is dead. And it used to, I told you this, right? I used to listen to your podcast every day mm. because I had to walk my dog. There would be mm. no internet. So I would download mm. an episode, start listening. So over three days, I'll finish your episode. And then once your episode is over, before the next episode comes in, I'm like, what do I do now? So <laughs> I always go hunt. But you, you were my go-to podcast. I'm very excited to be a guest now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you've been my, the person I keep prodding and asking about, okay, how does this work? How does that work? Especially across, I think I have not eaten anybody's head more about how workshops should be done, how not to call something a program and call it a course <laughs> and, and all these things. I, I, I've, I've had a lot of those discussions with you. So I thought it's, it's, it's about time we have that chat for more people to kind of get insights from. For sure. I want to get into growth school. I want to get into everything, but I want to ask you, what is excited about education? Education. Why education? Why learning? Why why is that area of focus? I think uh, everybody talks about solving your own pain point, right? Hmm. I always wondered what's my pain point while everybody looks for trivial problems, like chote, chote problems, right? Hmm. But what I've realized has been the biggest problem of my life has been education, hmm. right? Right from education being a problem because my father was too strict, to the kind of education that I got, to the lock of opportunities and access that I had, not because of having great brands and profiles. And I thought on top of everything else, right? Education is just broken, man. Like yeah. my biggest concern was I bloody paid 15 lakhs uh, of some 10, 12 random massive amount of money for my engineering Mm. with I don't even use 1% of and that's insane, right? Uh, But the time, the same time that I used to learn other things like web design, designing, marketing, other things that that feeds me bread and butter today, Mm. right? Mm. And it's just maddening and saddening to hear stories of this all over the place, right? Like it's just broken. The system mm. is broken, not just in India, all over the world. India, the story is slightly... <laughs> we're we're <laughs> event, an evolved, evolved story. Yeah. And uh, I always had a problem with it. I said, hey, you know what? I'm very passionate about it. That's why I have so many problems about it. And I've been a teacher myself. So mm. it the marriage was just perfect, right? Like something, because when you're building a startup, when you're approaching a problem, you're solving that for the next decade or two, right? Mm. What is that one thing that keeps me excited for a decade or two? That has to be education, nothing else. You make an interesting point and I do this before every chat. I just go to every guest LinkedIn profile and I keep, I scroll down and try to find something interesting. You've actually under education wrote internet. That's all that's there. Uh, That's pretty much what you put in there. And that's so relevant because the more and more you see 
anyone post internet, we've learned so much more from what you consumed online than we ever have in a classroom, right? And you just said that, like, I did engineering, I understand totally the pain part. Like, I'm thinking about all those years spent, um, like, I spent six years doing a four-year degree. So, for me, it's like a really long stretch. <laughs> Think about what more you could have done with that time, what more you could have learned. Um, everything you learned was off outside the classroom in that sense. But according to what do you think the internet has changed about how we learn? I think that's an interesting point, right? But how we learn has dramatically changed. And what do you think those elements are? I think uh, access, right? Internet has opened up the access. And that's like funny that we're talking about it because that was the whole point of internet, mm-hmm. right? Or from mm-hmm. day zero, that is information. Yeah. But uh, the beauty of internet or, I mean, before internet, I would say computers in form of CDs, DVDs or whatever, yeah. was in some way or the some form or the other, you were able to get the best form of education even back in the day. So, I mean, for me, right, like after my 10th grade, uh, the first thing that I requested for my father was 100 bucks uh, with which I bought three DVDs mm. of Linda pirated videos, which self-taught me Photoshop, mm. right? And that was, and that data was obviously consumed from the internet, from torrents yeah. or whatever. So yeah. it's still internet, right? Uh, during my 12th, while I couldn't understand the topics and, you know, concepts from my college professors, I would go back on YouTube to find videos to learn from them. And that's how I've cleared pretty much my engineering. Right. So internet had become the guru to me. Internet had become the professor to me. Internet had become the institution, which was giving me the info, which was clearing the doubts that I wanted to every single time. And today it has evolved to much bigger, right? Bigger things, not just information, but also connections. Today, Mm. if I have a doubt on podcasting, branding, I hit you up. Why? And we got in touch. We never met physically ever. Right. Yeah. That's because of internet. And that's education right there. Right. So it's access. Internet has given access more than anything else. And that access could be to people, information, right, videos or whatever you want to call it. It's the access that is in center of the internet. I think another interesting point, and, and you said this, right, like you wanted to learn a specific thing, you would go and learn it. Mm. Education pre-internet was always about everything came in a package deal. Like I remember, like I used to love to code. My love for coding mm. died with engineering. Um, because <laughs> I would do really well in coding. I was terrible at physics, maths, chemistry, and all that stuff. Right? But you, it was a package deal. You, you can't do one thing. You have to learn all these things to also learn that one thing. And, and same goes for everything else, right? This ability to say, okay, I want to pick what all I want to learn and I want to build a career for myself out of that. I think that's really open, open, been one of the biggest changes, right? Is that you can you can pick whatever yeah. you want and you can build whatever you want out of that. I mean, see, I've spoken about this before. Uh, that's also one of the ethos or the core fundamentals of our growth school mm. is being built is mm. I truly believe that education is going to be modular. Mm. What do I mean by that is, yes, you will have generalistic education till a point of time, right? Like your 10th grade or 12th grade. But I think from 8th or 7th grade, you start mm. picking up your things, right? Mm. I learned Photoshop when I was in 10th grade. I could have easily learned that when I was in 6th grade, right? Yeah. Why not? I could have, I started building websites in 12th. I could have easily done that when I was 8th grade because I don't need code. Mm. It's product thinking, right? Which every human being has today. Yeah. So it will eventually become modular to an extent where, you know, people don't have to go through a four-year, three-year, five-year degrees anymore. Mm. Rather, they'll say, hey, you know what? I want to, I'm good at design. I've done that in my school. I've done Photoshop. I've done logos. I've done creatives and all that. But right now I know for a fact what excites me is product designing, Mm. right? I want to become a product designer. So at 12th grade, the guy decides that. And then he gets an array of options of three month, two month, four month programs where he can go through, which are CBCs or in whatever future formats that we will have. We'll finish the program. He'll equip with the 80% of the skill because 
you know, the 80-20 rule, right? He will not acquire the 80% of the skill, but he'll acquire the only the 20% part of it, which is used 80% of the time, yeah. right? Yeah. He'll acquire that skill and go out there in the market and learn the other 20% as he goes, yeah. right? Yeah. And funnily, if you compare this to the current education system, he doesn't get anything. It has been yeah. pure play self-learning, mm. right? Because he's ta- he's asked to clear some maths, physics, chemistry. I don't know what random subjects. I can't even <laughs> take 10 subject names of 42 yeah. subjects that yeah. I passed, yeah. right? Of my And then think about all the subjects right. in engineering that you had to pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't even remember the names now. But that's what it is. And let's say you become a designer, yeah. right? You did that for three years. You did well for yourself and you said, hey, no, you know what? I want to move to product management now. I like designing. Great. But I'm done with it. I want to move to product management. What do you do? You take one more CBC and you make a transition. Right. And 10 years later, like you did, right. You'll say, screw everything else. I've done everything. Now I want to become a creator. Yeah. pretty much become that because you'll get if you want to learn podcasting you'll learn from the likes of Varun if you want to learn you know YouTubing you'll learn from the likes of Tanmay you know yeah. the best people the yeah. practitioners will become teachers they'll teach you the 20% which is used 80% of the times as a result the duration for you to acquire a skill will become shorter and shorter while focusing on the most important part of it and the best part of this is you can pretty much acquire two three skills parallelly mm. and this is what will make work fun yeah Right. And that's that's what I feel is future of education. And I think that's the core part is that at some point in this, I was reading about how the entire education system was built around how factories work to industrialize, right? You get a set of people and teach them yeah. the same thing, the same way you make them do the same chore. The more I look at cohort based, I find it interesting because it, there's a fluidity to it, but it's not, it's still not individually. You're not saying, okay, I'm just putting some stuff online. You watch that, you take a workbook, you're done with it. You There is a community to it. There is a group to it. Give me the thought behind cohort-based courses and, and why that's really been kind of scaling up and, and why you think that's really like a, a future focus or other present focus. And uh, I think uh, CBCs are not new. They're the oldest form of education in a way, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. What are colleges? Colleges are cohort-based courses. Correct, correct. Right? They're not new. It's just that CBC has become a buzzword right now and everybody wants to take a cohort-based course. But hey, all you did in your life was taking cohort-based courses. Correct. It's just that they were 12-month, like two-year-long, three-year-long, four-year-long. You used to go to a place. But the fundamental of a CBC is that you learn together. Mm. Everybody starts on a single day and ends the program on a single day, right? So that you have a limit of time for you to learn, acquire, and do within that time. That way, there's no more accountability. There are similar people like you Mm. who are also going through that journey. So you can learn from them, talk to them, you know, meet them, solve problems together, work together. And on top of that, because of the shorter, slightly shorter formats than offline form and more, uh, you know, just because it's online or hybrid at least, you're Mm. able to get the best people to come teach you. I mean, if if you had to get an MIT professor, even an IIT had to spend like crores yeah. To fly that guy in first class, keep in a hotel to give like a one hour lecture today. It's an email, mm. a Zoom link, and that's it. You have access to thousands of people, right? Like the, the fundamental shift that is happening today, but that's pretty much what CBCs are, right? So I think the biggest problem with online education was mm. it was not connected. It was mm. not engaging. So when you watch a MOOC, right? When you watch a recorded course or an async yeah. course, yeah. like a Udemy or anything that could be. So if you think about basic psychology, right? People love the subjects that they're good at because mm. it's easy for them. Right. And same goes with any form of learning, right? Till it is easy, you enjoy it. The moment it becomes harder, 
you need a push. That is the problem. That is the basic common problem with MOOCs is that you bought a five hour course, you watched 30 minutes, you understood it. So you're feeling good about yourself, right? But the moment you get to a point where you can't understand what's happening there, you have to think through it. You have to watch it again. All you have to do is shut your laptop down. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And it stops. But in a CBC, you can't because there's a guy who's going to push you. The other people are able to figure out you have FOMO, you have push, you have community that is kicking in. As a result, you have enough motivation to kind of finish it. And as you finish it, as you learn, as you do, you get better outcomes. It's as simple as that, right? So yeah, that's pretty much what CBCs are and why I fundamentally think it will win. It's almost yeah. like a middle ground between what classroom course-based um, courses were to almost like doing it yourself. You're finding a way to kind of have that community, have people to push you and have also learn from each other. I'm seeing so, such interestingly different ways in which CBCs are being built, right? Um, because mm-hmm. you're seeing, okay, because people are using different platforms, they're different ways. If, if, Every second course, I see that there's a different model that's used, right? Someone say, let's do yeah. it on Slack. Someone said, do it on Discord. I've seen like, I've pretty much seen any single thing there. Um, what I can to you right. are almost the fundamental building blocks of saying, what is the right way to build it? Obviously not giving away any secret sauce, uh, but what is the right way to build a, a CBC? Finally, there is no secret sauce. Mm. We're still figuring it out, mm. right? <laughs> I'll be very frank. But again, right, the fundamental pillars of CBC is revolving around a community and an expert, right? Or experts in that matter, right? So what is a community? Like when you go to a college, if you think about it, the reason why people still go to college, why people are excited to go to college, why NPS, why colleges are able to survive while mm-hmm. they're not able to provide the service that they were supposed to provide. College is a service, right? Mm-hmm. You go there for a job yeah. and most of the people don't get a job. So they're failing to provide the service that they should, but still doing well is because the NPS is extremely high. And why is the NPS extremely high? Because you're meeting people and there's yeah. value to that. Yeah. There's value to community. We have all made our best of friends yeah. because of college or For because sure. of school or whatever that is. Yeah. Bringing that element is one of the most fundamental core value because CBCs are what? Like we are trying to do online CBCs, right? Yeah. How do you get that engagement with? So community is the most important part. Two is offline. Like I said, already biggest problem is you experts cannot scale. You cannot get the best people to every university because they are limited. But CBC allows you to do that because if you have to teach for one hour, you Mm. just have to be live for one hour. So you can teach in 10 different colleges or 10 different places while equally spending those same 10 hours while working in one college, you're helping thousand people instead of hundred people in a year, right? Mm. So access to experts increases. As a result, you're getting access to the best people that you can learn from rather than, you know, fundamentally, again, there's a problem with our education. Right? Yeah. I, it yeah. sounds like a rant show right now, but, <laughs> no, but it's true. most of our professors, yeah, most of our professors are people who have never done what they teach. How there's flawed is saying, that? right? Those who can't do teach. Uh, it's, it's yeah, there. I mean, that's engineering in one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that was my case with co- my college, right? So yeah. that is getting fixed. Today, you're getting, if you want to learn performance marketing or learning performance marketing from someone who runs ads at Google, who better yeah. can teach you? And yeah. that access is possible, yeah. right? So that is, that is two. And three is accountability. Getting you to do, in colleges, right? Your assignments. I mean, the stuff that you were doing, it was more of learning for exams. Yeah. The outcome, why you were learning is to score good marks. But in the CBC, the outcome are not marks. The outcome is you doing. You're doing those assignments. You're doing your projects. You're getting that feedback from peers and other people. So you're actually building a micro portfolio as you're learning rather than trying to impress your parents or professors by getting scores, which are useless in any which ways. 
Yeah. Right. So these are the three fundamental things I feel why a CBC does well. And to accomplish this, you do multiple things, right? Like the teaching could be in form of recorded plus live or just live or just recorded. That is one thing. Yeah. Two is you could for community, you can use like a gather town or a, like a or like a Slack or a Discord or like whatever you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are all tools. These are all ways of solving those micro problems. Right. But yeah. you pretty much are solving for these things on top. You know, um, it's also the interesting part about, you know, we mentioned about who teaches, right? And I feel that's also the thing. You, you've always gone to an institute for the institute's name, not as much hmm. for who's teaching you. I think this also kind yeah. of marks a difference. Saying, okay, you're going to learn from X and Y because they've actually accomplished something in this space. Uh, they know enough about it. So you will actually get it from them on not just a, I think we finally moved to that point where theory is very important, but practical knowledge is, is so much more important, right? Because I remember back in college, you would wait for that, industry expert sessions as they were called. It's going to kind of come in. (laughs) All these, every single day is an industry expert session because you are sitting with someone who has done something there. And when you look at that, it almost kind of changes the kind of people who might want to teach. I think a lot of people would always say, okay, okay, if I have to go teach, I have to travel these many days in a month and go somewhere and this and that. I was also seeing a change in mindset of saying, can almost every person who has accomplished something in a space and they really want to kind of, uh, you know, really interact with the next bunch and and everything else, is this almost like an avenue for them to really spread it out there? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the future teachers are people who are still having a job. I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, I think the, think about PhDs, right? Like why are PhDs, professors or people who are doing PhDs are people who are still doing research because they are live right now. And that piece cannot function if you're not active in the market, right? The problem with education is that most of the education is outdated. Yeah spoken about so many problems, right? Yeah, like this is yeah, one more. Yeah. Most of the education is outdated in a way that what you learn cannot be applied directly. Yeah. Most of the times, yeah. right? But if you learn the same thing from someone who is doing the job that you want to do five years later mm. or two years later, you're learning the exact skills that you need today, yeah. right? And yeah. that changes everything. That literally changes everything, right? Like, because, and that is able to happen. That is, that can only happen if the guy is continuously learning. And the only way an expert can learn when he's doing the job. Yeah. So if I come out there, let's say I have retired. Okay. Mm. I don't do it anymore. Mm. Uh, let's say I don't do marketing anymore. I've retired. Yeah. Five years later, I teach marketing. I'll be irrelevant. Like okay. I can still teach. Yeah. Because, you know, like I have the credentials, yeah. right? But I don't know what's happening today. By then there'll be some... TikTok ka baap <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, you gave me a great example, right? Yeah. Why don't you can't believe I still talk to people yeah. who talk about marketing being TVCs and, yeah. you know, who still don't believe in digital uh, while working for the biggest of the companies. Forget performance, which is... <laughs> I mean, for, I mean, just, it's nuts. Yeah, I know. Don't still don't rely on data, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and have so many examples like that. Again, this is happening because of the outdated thinking because you're not equipped with the skills that you need to have today. Yeah. Right? And yeah. the moment you flip it with an expert, he can. And the best part, the internet is allowing you to do that because people work for 40 hours a week to 50 hours a week. And this is becoming a standard right now, right? People don't want yeah. to overwork, right? Yeah. Few will in the early stage after that, they don't want to. They want to yeah. have a good life. Yeah. In that 50 hour week, you have so many more hours, right? Like you can pretty much shell out 10 more hours a week, three more hours a week. And those three hours can literally help hundreds of people to become as successful as you are today. And people realize the power of that. People have a sense of giving back today. Most of our mentors, like it is unbelievable to say this today, when I speak to mentors, nobody asks how much will I get paid? 
nobody does we have to in fact even with you right you never yeah. put up the point when we said we'll build a program yeah. main bola bro but uh, like <laughs> i have to pull and that and i was like how is it going to work i was like and you and you literally had to kind of turn around and say no this is how it will work this yeah i remember that yeah, yeah. yeah. and people are willing to put themselves out there because the advantages for a person is personal branding he wants to help people he yeah. feels a sense of responsibility it's giving back and on yeah. top of that there's a small secondary side of it which is also side hustle right like yeah. hey like i taught for 4 hours a week uh, as yeah. a teacher in some college in some boot camp in some at growth school or anywhere yeah. i made 25000 which yeah. covered my education like which covered my house rent or yeah. which allowed me to buy uh the ring that i wanted to buy my wife without actually thinking about it yeah. right like it's just it's just amazing like gig economy yeah. is or the creator economy is not just for creators everybody will become a creator and they also is modular okay. then right your career is then modular as well because you have multiple pieces yeah. it's basically modular based you taking that same modular thought process of education saying that's how your career is that's how your work is i mean that is how we want to think also right we yeah. have been modular saying yeah. main kaam karunga i'll go to a vacation also i'll spend time with family also yeah. we have already been modular in sense we are just adding one more piece saying hey can you sneak in 3 hours a week will that impact your life much but it can help impact so many others lives mm, yeah. and can also get you a small paycheck yeah. passively yeah. right it's it's just a beautiful win win for everybody you know another part is that suddenly when you look at education and you, and and learning and see the careers that are now available so versus in, you traditionally if you thought about education and learning you look at a certain kind of set of careers right think of teacher think like you know very standardized now when you look at opportunities of someone saying like, i want to work in education it's so much more not just new age but the op- the kinds of roles the kind of things you can actually do has expanded so much more right so yeah. product you almost become prime front and center in almost like anything which is education based which almost wasn't like wasn't even a thing in like let's say offline or even early internet uh, learning i mean if you think about it right it's insane it's insane has ever a university thought about how to engage students yeah nope now there's a community <laughs> manager whose job is to engage with students yeah has ever a university thought about curriculum kya banayenge mm. because curriculum was decided by some body and they had yeah. to abide by it but yeah. here we design our own curriculum based on what is the necessity yeah. right has yeah. anybody ever thought how can we make classes more fun just like three dates mein bolta hai na yeah. uh, how can we make classes more fun we are solving for it i mean pardon <laughs> my french but we are solving for it because we are following data right yeah. the moment we see a drop at some point of time and we see that two times yeah. we realize that we are saying something that we shouldn't because of which the students interest is going down mm. yeah. as a result people are dropping off from the call people i mean there are more technology right now which tracks eyes which tracks face recognition with us face recognition to even tell you if they're interested if they're understanding not understanding and all that right yeah. these things didn't exist before and they are all happening just in the phase of last two years or one and a half year because of this sudden acceptance of yeah. learning online and legitimizing it right like i mean those are pehle when people used to say i'm doing an online degree it's like oh okay yeah, online, online like that, that, hey, you couldn't afford, you, you couldn't go to an actual college it. so you're doing it you couldn't make it it was correspondence it. it was basically you know distance yeah. learning correspondence and distance online learning yeah of uh, online learning was distance learning yeah now This is I the mean, main way to learn. It's no more distance. This is this is how you learn because even if you get into an MIT, you're on a Zoom call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So distance learning is the learn. It has become the form of learning now. Yeah. 
So it's insane, man. It's insane. I mean, the change has been insane. It's so good to see. Yeah. And the most exciting part about it is that now, before this, Varun only used to go to an IIM to talk about brand marketing, right? Or brand yeah. building. Today, a guy who's sitting in a tier three village, uh, a, a, a tier three city or a village, mm. is able to tune into the call and able to learn the same content from Varun yeah. at a super affordable price or sometimes free also yeah. without actually moving. And How insanely powerful is that? That is equality, right? Yeah, 100%. I think that's the that's one of the most fundamental things, right? You you made available to more people. It's also now so much more affordable. Like I, I could still remember the fact that people had to travel different places, find a place to stay, to go study, all those. And I'm like, you can sit where you're sitting. You can still get all the same knowledge, have the same experience. And it's something which the, I think the Shopify founder said. He said that everybody now, online experience is always a substandard experience, be it work, be it education, whatever. Now, online education is equivalent to any other experience it's because you standard. are you balanced it out. I think that that's the main point there. Hey, I mean, nobody actually thought about solving online, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't need to. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine a TCS saying most of my employees can be remote? They used to time gate their employees, man. Like yeah, yeah. they had to swipe their card and swipe, swipe yeah. in and swipe out their card. Yeah. Right. Today they're like, oh, please be remote yeah. because kaam to ho hai, right. Correct. So nobody gave it a shot. Basically, COVID made forced people to give it a shot and they realized it's powerful. Right. But I think, like me, I mean, just wanted to add because you're talking about online, online. Mm. I feel Truly, future of education has to be hybrid. It cannot be yeah. online only. It cannot be offline only. Correct. You learn online because that's more scalable. Yeah. You engage with people online. You yeah. do assignments online. You do yeah. all that. But there has to be an offline sense because no matter how much, you know, like you meet people and talk to people, the moment you meet them, the yeah. moment you meet them physically, the moment you do things together, the bonds, the network that you can build is just 10x. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's a very, very important function. I agree. And that I is agree. necessary. Yeah. And with that being said, education should not be online for everybody as well. Like schools should not be made online. Yeah. It should still be offline. It's very important. They need to learn. Yeah. They need to yeah. enjoy. Yeah. The very a, few sectors. I have a daughter in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah, two years. Like she's almost like one and a half years into school only online. I'm telling you, she needs to be in physical school. Um, not Absolutely. a substitute for sure. You know, I have, I have a bunch more things to ask you, but I know we need to go in for a break. So you're just gonna do that and be right back with advertising instead. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. Uh, we're still talking to Viber. You know, there's a term that's always associated with you, which is growth hacking. Um, that's how I first came to, like, it, whenever your name comes up, the term growth hacking comes up. Now, here's my thing. Growth hacking is often used in an extremely positive light or in an extremely negative light. Mm. How do you see it? How do you see this term? Because it's almost been tagged to you in, in so many ways. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest problem with growth hacking is just the word to itself, right? Mm. The moment there's a word hacking into it, people think it's a shortcut. People think it's yeah. black hat. I mean, for a nobody who doesn't understand anything of it, yeah, yeah. they think he's doing something shady, yeah, right? Or yeah. it's a bag of tricks. Yeah. Or, you know, like, there is some hacks going on yeah. while uh, there could be small parts of it, but it's essentially a mindset, right? Mm. It's basically a process. Yeah. A growth hacking is nothing but understanding the whole process. Like if you look at the fundamental definition of growth hacking, a growth hacker is someone whose true not is growth, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, if you look at the true definition of growth hacking, it's pre pretty much person whose true not is growth. And what does that mean? The guy's job is nothing but 
moving the one metric that is growth. That's yeah. that's literally what a growth hacker does. Now, a lot of people come in and say, Rebha, you said growth hacker. I thought you give us tricks and all. Now you're saying something which is marketing. It is actually not marketing, right? Marketing is awareness. Marketing is maybe acquisition. That's all marketing is. Yeah. But who takes care of if the customer is paying money? Who mm. takes care of if the customer is coming back, right? Yeah. Who takes care of other parts of the funnel? Who takes care if the customer is actually referring people? Mm. Who takes care of the full funnel? Because growth cannot be only getting people to install the app. Correct. Growth is getting people to install the app, using the app, eventually buying the product on the app and also referring people. Mm. So the loop brings in and that's pretty much as a process of growth hacking. For doing all this, for accomplishing all this, what we do something is called as experiments. Mm. To Let's say to move a needle. Mm. Uh, let's say, Varun, like you want more people to watch your podcast, listen to your podcast, right? Mm. You mm. think of, okay, I can do A, B, C, D, E, F. These are yeah. seven things that I can do yeah. to increase my viewership. Yeah. And all of these seven things are ways you do it. And in growth, hacking terms which is called as experiments or growth experiments mm. and the one that works really well let's say you figured yeah. out a way that you know you can capture data of all the visitors that mm. are listening yeah. and you can show them that through an algorithmic hack or something yeah. right and if you're able to repeat it that then it becomes a growth hack sometimes this could be very basic stuff sometimes yeah. it could be like a thing which nobody else knew it's an yeah. experiment that you thought of and it worked out stuff like that and that's pretty much it. it's a process that's it. Yeah. It's a mindset. It's a process. And because we experiment so much, we end up figuring out ideas and ways which other people have not thought of. Yeah. And that these are pretty much growth hacks. So no whiz stuff. Why I ask this question also is, is that if I look at how what the internet allows us to do, and I'm glad you brought up the different ways to kind of do it, right, is that we're able to almost A-B test or, or test things out, learn from it, iterate and we're going to move ahead. Right? That's the most fundamental way to kind of yes. everything from creating content to building product to everything else. And many ways that is almost, I think the term hacking must also kind of come in because it's a very coder thing, right? Are you A-B testing moving ahead and all that stuff? But You're breaking uh, things. You're yeah, breaking exactly. things to the most minute level. Hence yeah. hacking. Yeah. And, and, and there is a beauty to doing that right, which can make people really understand what works, what doesn't work, learning from moving ahead. I think it also kind of grounds you. I think one of the things you don't get about growth, people don't understand about is that because you're doing so much of that, you're not saying that I know how this has to be done. So I'm putting it out there. You're saying, okay, I'm <laughs> learning from people out there. So I'm like, so I feel that in many ways, growth hacking is, is a way to kind of push ego down as well and actually build better products and services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, experiment more, right? When you yeah. experiment more, you fail more. As yeah. it, obviously, your ego will go down because you're <laughs> not succeeding with everything that you're doing. You'll fail most of the times. Yeah. Right? I want to take a, a, a slight um, step back and say that when you look at your career, right? And you obviously, you you did engineering, you, you had a bunch of startups, you held positions across multiple companies. When I look back at this, if you go back to the beginning saying, what did you really set out to do? Um, and along the way, which other pieces kind of help bring you to this point? What would those be? Man, it's actually funny because all throughout my childhood, all I ever wanted to become was an engineer. That is correct. Yeah. That part stayed true. But you're also from the side of the country where all, all, all we kind of also had in our heads was to be engineers. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, uh, not sure because I know a lot of people who don't, didn't want to become an engineer, but were really? forced to, right? Huh? Yeah, quite a lot of them. Uh, I mean, at least from the time that I come from, because you are at least four or five years elder to me, right? Yeah. Like uh, in that case, yeah, yeah. Maybe my, my time, it was medicine, engineering or 
maybe commerce were options available so i didn't even know what other options i had so maybe i'm like it was the same for me as well it was the same for me as well but not every for example my father wanted yeah. me to become a ca yeah. i said no freaking way i stopped studying like there's no way that i'm doing that nonsense all right but everybody cannot brave their parents right yeah. and a lot of people were forced to do engineering yeah. uh, but i was not while ever since childhood i was into robotics so i always thought i'll become like a robotics guy like and mm. I, i like computers so i thought i'll code and mm. i'll be in mechatronics or robotics or something like that because 8th 9th 10th 11th 12th i was all into this right yeah. i came into engineering first year also i was into this mm. but then everything changed right like i started a small startup and that the reason for the startup was a breakup it's it's weird right and mm. everything changed and i became like a hardcore marketer who can imagine mm. never thought in my life i'll become a marketer yeah right uh, but what are the things that has led me to where i am mm. is being okay to experiment and being okay to test mm. right while i enjoyed robotics i also wanted to start i also yeah. wanted to learn designing i also wanted to build websites yeah. and when i have to build websites i had to sell it and i, I had the intent to make money so for that i had to learn marketing mm. right and that's where i found my eventual uh, love right or passion and i even then i didn't say that hey i want to become a marketer right mm. i didn't my engineering was over i was a founder or an entrepreneur more than anything else i got into uber as a generalist to help them with multiple things because i was a decent generalist and uber told me that you're a better marketer now if i had never got into uber i probably wouldn't have chased marketing at all or, or i probably would be coding today because i had two mm. three offers to become developer also because i came mm. from a computer science background mm. right if startup had never happened i don't know what i would have become mm. so no idea man like it's it's multiple things that happens you just have to be okay with it i'll tell you one more funny story right at uber the way uber happened was because i got bored of my startup mm. i was running a very profitable startup called crazy heads mm. i was making more money than i was making after 5 years at uber also mm. right mm. but i just got bored of it and i made that decision saying hey i want to learn now and not optimize for money right yeah. so i left my startup and joined uber was nuts right and i ended up spending four and a half years and then i was about to move to mexico at uber mm. and there were some changes that happened and one day before i was about to fly it got cancelled mm. and i chose to leave uber that day if i hadn't left uber i wouldn't have got kluk Mm. which is the travel tech company and i got a leadership position where i led marketing for them with millions of dollars of budget yeah and if kluk wouldn't have happened i wouldn't have come to bombay mm. and it's very important why i say this right if i hadn't have come to bombay there would have been no growth school i'll tell you how i've been teaching online for quite a while but i've been doing that all by myself mm. i was not able to put the head to it because i had all friends around me i was chilling i was having fun there was never a time i used to make time to do my things rather than the other way around mm. but here when pandemic happened i had had no other option i only had this house mm. and my dog phoebe that's it i had to do something of that time because i was getting bored yeah. hence i started a workshop mm. one workshop after second second after third eventually i left the job it became growth school and you know the story yeah. right so you have to you have to like everything that happens you have to like you know like latch on it so today if something most of the time things don't go your way right like i never thought i would be leaving uber but i did yeah. i never thought pandemic will happen but it happened i never thought kluk will ask me to move to singapore and ditch my job here and do all that stuff but it happened right uh, it's it's just pick up and go with the flow and that's what i've been doing going with the flow throughout but it's beautiful man and the way i look at it i think everybody gets an opportunity you just need to see what you can do of it i think the interesting part what you said right because i 
often try to ask my guests saying, what would you kind of tell people kind of starting off their careers right now or at a certain point when they want to make a change or kind of evolve. I think what you just said makes so much sense for how we should look at it. Look at each point of time as you know, there are opportunities that come up across your career, but you're kind of taking them up in the right sense. You, you're noticing where you could kind of take it and kind of building off that. I think the experimenting part makes makes so much sense. You know, towards the end of every episode, I ask my guests a set of questions. You've heard the podcast, so you know what those questions are. What do you spend a lot of time doing beyond what you do, uh, which takes up a lot of your time, which you're not obsessed with, but really, it is something which you really want to give more more, more time to do. What is that thing? Well, if you would have asked this when I was working for a job, I would have said startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since last one year, I absolutely do think that I absolutely love that is building the business. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm very, I know it, I sound like a nerd right now, but that's <laughs> the reality, yeah. right? I mean, at this point of time, if you tell me what is that one thing that you'd like to pick, I would say I would like to continue doing what I do today, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. this was the dream, right? I always wanted to start up again. And I just got started with it. I don't know, five years later, it might slightly change where I say, hey, I need little more time with my family. Family, I that doesn't exist today. Yeah. So I enjoy doing that. But except for it, I always have a hobby here and there, man. Yeah. But it keeps changing. It's yeah. never the same. For example, at some point of time, I'll be too much into a game mm. which I want to finish on my Xbox. Sometimes I'm into like IoT. So there was this phase of four months where I like automated whole of my house and got <laughs> Raspberry Pis and started to code and you know all that <laughs> nonsense. Burnt a few bulbs and like short circuited my house. I go mad like that sometimes, yeah. right? Uh, they, 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 there are times when I want to like learn something new right and I go in that phase of learning something new Uh, right now I have this madness of testing out multiple ideas Mm -hmm. because I have a team right now never had this testing out multiple ideas and that is super exciting for me and very recently I've picked this very bad habit of playing cricket on my oculus (laughs) <laughs> Every 30 minutes that I get, I'll I'll put my Oculus in and I'll start playing cricket. I've smashed into so the many balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Thoroughly enjoying it. Thoroughly right? enjoying it. It feels like my childhood dream is being uh, accepted right now. I can literally face a Mitchell Stark balling 150 kilometer speed uh, through VR. It's crazy. Right. You know, when so, some, whenever someone tells me about VR, I give them an example. So my grandmom's in her late 80s, right? And she still have to kind of travel and see the world and stuff. So a couple of birthdays mm-hmm. ago, I bought her a VR set. Um, So she gets to, oh, like, sweet. and she only sees like landscapes and like gardens yeah, yeah. and stuff. So for her, it's like going on holiday, right? She puts it on. And I'm like, that's the example. Like you saying that, okay, how wow. much people enjoy it. I'm like, that's like one of my favorite examples. Because she's like, she's on holiday. She's like, she's just watching stuff where she wanted to travel, but obviously she's now at the age where she can't. So I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. But the, I think that the metaverse piece is a far longer conversation for maybe another brilliant, episode right? we do. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, can't do an episode with me because I don't understand most of it. <laughs> but I'll definitely tune into one if there is one happening. Yeah. Anything you watched, listened or, or read recently that you would recommend? Uh, I'm not a avid reader. I don't read books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mostly video guy. Mm. So, I mean, I'm mostly like spending time watching Polymatter on YouTube. Or, okay. You know, there's this couple of really good YouTube channels that have come up. CNBC has a international thing uh, mm. where they keep doing reviews of startups, yeah. uh, keep doing yeah. reviews of business models. There are, there's something called as uh, Think School in India. Mm. The guy is doing a phenomenal job. So, yeah. those are the content that I watch a lot. Usually, yeah. I'm a little case study guy, yeah. breakdowns guy. I enjoy watching that content. Yeah. I also like, I have this, uh, you know, 
inner demon of watching uh, you know scandalous documentaries of uh, you know like murders and you know those mysteries and i i enjoy watching that part but yeah i mean it's I it's on the crime go, is everybody's been... guilty pleasure everybody wants to like watch <laughs> everybody's guilty pleasure yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know and, and and the last question which is generally a spin on the name of the show um Why do you think cohort-based courses will not die? Uh, because that's the form of learning that we are used to, starting from the Vedic times uh, to colleges uh, to now. Uh, because it has all the elements for you to learn. You learn from gurus. You learn from people. You learn from doing, and that's what a CBC is, right? So it's a form of learning. Uh, just because it has become online or offline or hybrid doesn't matter. CBCs are the way you learn, right? And it's not going anywhere. It might evolve to be even better with data, but it's not going anywhere. Thanks so much, Vaibhav. Thanks for doing this. I'm happy we finally got to do this, and I'm pretty sure we'll have a part two to this one at some point of time as growth school scales up and you do all the awesome things that you do. Thanks, Adan, for coming on Advertising Instead. Man, looking forward to the second one, and thank you so much for having me, dude. This is like a dream come true for me. <laughs> thank you. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM Podcast website or app, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there. 